0: greatest missionary sitting on the second pew here of uh, Rockville First Assembly. About, that was a comment from my wife, Connie. She says, she says, he says, how should I introduce you? And my wife says, as the greatest missionary in Latin America. So I'm still crazy about this girl. What can I say? Uh, Daniela, did you leave? Did you, Did you? Uh, <clears throat> there, there. Oh, oh, you're sitting next to a boy. Doggone it. I got a 21-year-old, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, that girl is so cute. <coughs> We're shopping. We're shopping. And, uh, sorry, sorry, you you are a nice looking young man. And I'm sure you've got more money than we have. So you go for it. Uh, worship team, you guys did good. Didn't they do well? Man, they, you did good. Uh, worship is not an end in itself, it takes you someplace. And, and I sense that we just entered in this morning to the presence of the Lord. It's like a bus. Uh and it takes you uh Daniela, you're a good bus driver. You did good. You're good, yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> I was raised in a, a Catholic home um and I was an altar boy and I wanted to be uh a priest until I I realized there were girls out there <laughs> and that sort of changed that goal. Um and, and I started following this one girl around and she um uh she was working at the Assembly of God Church Nursery. She, she wasn't Assemblies of God. The Assembly of God people were hiring the Baptist girls to work the nursery because they didn't want to miss church. And so I followed her to church one Sunday night. And uh, I'm sitting in the very back of the church next to the door waiting on my girlfriend. And the pastor preached on the second coming of Jesus and scared the heaven right into me. I, and, and, and then he, he, I didn't know there. See, I, was, I, I wasn't used to this stuff at all and uh and he tricked me. I got sa- I accidentally got saved. And he uh, he uh um he just said if if you if you don't want to go to hell and you don't want to miss the rapture, just raise your hand. I said if that's it, I'm getting it right now. And I stuck my hand up and I didn't know, you know, he was just reeling me in. And next thing, uh he says, "Now you who raised your hand, just stand where you're seated." And so I said, "That's safe." I stood next thing I know, I'm down in front of all these people I did not know, doing something I had no intention of doing, repenting of my sins, crying in front of all these people. 16-year-old kid. And, uh, and then someone goes to the nursery and said, hey, that boy is waiting for you down there getting saved. They said, they said she dumped that kid and took off for the altar. And when I came to, this, uh, those little cute girls kneeling next to me, giving her heart to Jesus, and she's the same one kneeling next to me today. This is my wife Connie. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and the Lord has given us uh, two wonderful kids. Uh, my daughter Leah, she is a missionary in the Amazon uh, with four great grandbabies down there in the Amazon working among the Shuar Indians uh her website her and Joel my son-in-law's website is junglemissionary.com there you go isn't that cool junglemissionary.com and my son's yeah just write it down there you go send money send money that's that way I don't have to send it to him yeah um then my son and my son his name is Seth as I as I mentioned, we are looking we're taking applications for him uh we would uh we we would love to have good looking grandbabies you know that's good and uh if you got money that's good too uh and he's uh he is studying to he's a he's a pilot and he's going back to the Amazon to work as a uh oh, I am in trouble right now. Your back must be itching. I'm so sorry. This is a family church, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can we take care of each <laughs> other. Okay, I'm good. There you go, baby. Uh uh my son he he's uh he, he's a pilot and going as a bush pilot to the Amazon region too. So that's why we're having a hard time finding a girl. They say, uh, you know, well he's he he's yeah, well, we like him enough, but he's going to live out there in that jungle. And say no, thank you, and so that's why it's just a little bit been a little bit difficult. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we're we're all in, and we're serving in the country of Ecuador. Let me tell you briefly how we got there. Um, I was working on a staff, Daniel, as associate pastor in a wonderful church in Louisville, Kentucky, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Excuse me, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and we um, uh, the church we got saved in. And, but there is something inside of me that's just not satisfied. I mean, it's a wonderful church. We love what we're doing. But something inside, is like I was made for something else. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not living up to what God, uh, my potential, what God has prepared for me. Maybe some of you are feeling even like that in, in your life. There's something more for me out there. And so I began to pray, and I would, I would go in early every morning. I'd spend at least an hour before the Lord and just... Lord, just show me what you want for my life. And, and let me, maybe I'm speaking to someone today. Uh, if, if you really cannot find why you exist in your purpose, get on your face before God. Get, just get before God. You know, he says, Seek my face. When, 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 when Leah, my daughter, was little, to get my attention, she would grab me by both ears and she would pull her face to my face. with both hands on my ears and she would say i'm talking to you (laughs) and i feel like that's what i was doing with god with all due respect grabbing god by the ears and say god i'm talking to you and i need you to talk to me and i tell you one morning uh out of the blue i felt like i should pray for this country called ecuador i i didn't know anything about ecuador and uh there, there's the flag, second one in that, that group right there, the yellow, blue, and red one there. Um, and I, laid, I didn't know how to spell Ecuador. I thought it had a Q in it. How many of you thought it had a Q in it? It does not have a Q in it. I placed my hand on that little country and I prayed, here's the prayer I prayed Lord, just send somebody. Just send somebody. That was it. I said, okay, that's good. I was gone. Next day, I'm there, God, show me why I'm here, what's your plan for my life, what you want me to do with my life. And, and, and I have to, I can't explain it. It's like having to have dessert, you know. you just gotta have. And I placed my hand on Ecuador again and said, God, just send somebody. And this goes on day after day, and I'm not telling anybody, but this little postage stamp of a country is just messing me up on the inside. So one morning, in my frustration, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, what's the big deal about Ecuador? And the, and the Lord spoke to me. Wow, did he speak to me? He said, I want you to answer your own prayer. Now, you know, some prayers you pray and some prayers you answer. You don't pray for your neighbors to have groceries or someone to, to te- give testimony to family members. That's what you do. And I realized right in a, in a, bleak, in a just in a moment in time, God had called us to be missionaries to Ecuador. So, I, I mean, boom, there it was. I went home to tell my wife of this great news, and I walk in. I said, "She, what are you doing home?" I said, "I heard from God today, because what did He say?" I said, "God has called me to be a missionary to Ecuador." I, I could have slapped her into next week. She had no idea this was coming, and 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 she looks at me. You know, you gotta be careful when they look at you with their hands on their hips. You know, it's, it's dangerous. And uh, I, she looks at me and she says this. She goes. Well, who's going to be your wife in Ecuador? That was her question to me. Said, "Oh my gosh, this is not good." And so I I said, "I forget that. I am not going down this road." And I said, "God, if you can call her, call me. You can call her. I don't have to do this. I'm not going without her." (laughs) So you call her, kill her, but I'm not going without. No, I did not pray that prayer. I did not. I I am sorry. I even said that, baby. I am not looking for anybody else. But it was uh, after a, a number of weeks, a couple of months, um, she gives me a little gift. Um, I open the box, and in the box is a little brass globe. And it has a note on the globe, and it says, I will go anywhere in the world with you. And we packed up, and we took off for Ecuador. And uh, I came home one day, and all of our furniture, what we called antiques, just the old stuff that people handed down to us, it had little names on every little piece of furniture and, and all of her sisters' names. She has four sisters. And she says, I said, why are all your sisters' names on our stuff? She said, I can't take it with me. And, and, we, and we took off. And we landed in Cuenca, Ecuador. And that time, there were 250,000 people living in Cuenca. We did a survey. 700. Uh, there were not 750 baptized believers in the city of 250,000 people. And so... We decided to start in our church. I I, I a me encanta como canten ustedes el, en español un poquito. Qué lindo es. Hay algunas personas aquí que hablan español. Sí, sí, uh, oh Amen. Miren eso. Uh, yeah. Chao. Lo demás vamos a quedarnos aquí con los latinos. Sorry, I'll get back to my what. I'm, Sorry about that. <laughs> I got a little lost there for just a moment. Um, so uh, we went. We didn't. We didn't speak Spanish. Matter of fact, I had a. Uh, uh, a group of gringos down to visit us, and we were still learning, us uh, some of us. They were down to visit us, and uh, I was going to tell the Latinos to go and hug the gringos. And you would say that, Vayan y abrazan a los gringos, no? Uh, go, go and hug the gringos. But I didn't use the word uh, abrazar, I used the word embarazar, <laughs> which means to impregnate. So I told all the Latinas, go in and impregnate all the, 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 North Americans that were visiting us. They love our church. <laughs> so we went to Cuenca and we started church, uh, had 11 people our first Sunday. And, and we just, I, Connie and I, we're not talented folk. We don't have any giftings at all. And our Spanish wasn't very good either. But we just loved on people and just preached the word. And preached the word and loved on people. And and now this morning, this morning, that church, that church will have over 4,000 people gathering together in that church. Isn't that neat? <clears throat> Truly the fields are white, white, ripe uh, unto harvest. And uh, it was 10 years ago we had the chance to purchase a television frequency. And we didn't know anything about television, but we know it's powerful. And, uh, we said, well, if we can get the funds together for this frequency, then we'll, we'll buy it. It was $50,000 just for the paper. And, uh, and, and, and it, it amazed us how quickly the funds came in for, to purchase that frequency. And we put it down on, we bought the frequency. I didn't know I was going to need a couple of million dollars more to go with that, but I think God chose me because I didn't ask the right questions, not because I knew what I was doing at all but instead of going on the air with religious programming we decided to go on the air with news and sports and talk shows but do it as Jesus would do it i mean i i can't get my head around Jesus being a sportscaster but <laughs> it was uh I'd do it from a christian world view and uh it was very interestingly uh, interesting, we, we, began to, uh, we became quickly the number one television station now in a city of 500,000 people. The number one station in the city. And every 30 minutes, we have an evangelistic commercial. It comes on. In the middle of the best news in town, a commercial comes on that talks about Jesus. And then we have teaching that goes along with all of that. But in the very number one sports program in the city, my favorite of all, it shows three couples who are fighting and uh, you can tell that their marriages are on the rocks. And in one scene, one of the ladies goes to a bridge. She pulls her wedding band off her finger, and she tosses it over the bridge into the river. And out of nowhere, this hand snatches this ring out of midair, like that. And then Jesus is standing next to her, presenting her ring back to her, and he says, I can save your marriage. And says, call us. Well, people are calling uh, uh, us now, and now on the average of every 30 minutes, someone is giving their heart to Jesus through that television station. Isn't that neat? <clears throat> well, the uh, we uh, a fellow comes to me, our, our home there, and he says, can you help me? I said, what, what can I do for you? He said, my sister has cancer, and we don't know how to pray. But we heard that you pray and, and that God answers your prayers. I said, "Well, you know, we, yes, we've seen a lot of that." He said, "Would you pray for my sister?" I said, "We would." And we went to the hospital and we prayed for her. With a few weeks later, he comes and he says, uh, he says, "Listen, uh, my sister was miraculously healed with no medical intervention." And he said, "And because of that, my family's been restored." He goes, I want to do you a favor. Well, well, that's cool. What do you do? He said, I happen to be the president of the Latin America cable industry. And I want to put uncion on all the cable stations across Latin America. I said, huh, that, that's interesting. How do you do that? He said, well, you have to send it up to a satellite. And once it hits the satellite, they come back down. And so we raised a uh, hundred plus thousand dollars to go on that satellite. And now, listen to this. Uncion Television covers, and we're not speaking at all, it covers 500 million Spanish speakers. Now what I'm talking about is the Spanish speaking world. Matter of fact, this little crazy television station that we started in Ecuador is, is, is here in this city. It's not on the air yet. But it's here in the city. You can see it at unzion, U-N-S-I-O-N, which means anointing, U-N-S-I-O-N dot TV. You can watch it there. And, and here's the deal. One day it's going to be on the air here in your city. One day we will be here. I don't know. Have you seen Hispanic television? you seen? It's not that good, is it? It's not. Hey, you, you can, we can do that. We can do better than that. Listen, we can do better than that. And, and, and so today, when you, when you, it's for every hour we're on the air, on that satellite, it's twenty-five dollars an hour. So today, every, every, when you give your offering, and I thank Pastor Sam for doing this, every time you, every for every twenty-five dollar gift, it'll put us on the, one more hour on the air. It, it takes a lot to make this happen, uh, but we're seeing incredible results. And I, I, and I promise you this: when you get to heaven, uh, you, you might. I know this church here loves Hispanics because you got many in your church you might as well get used to it because you're going to meet a lot of hispanics in heaven bunch of hispanics and so i want to thank you for for joining with us now it's really that this is a crazy idea and now here's here it is we want to be and i say this carefully to the glory of god for the purpose of making disciples we plan to be the number one Hispanic television station in the world. That's what we're going after. Now, have you seen Univision? You seen those guys? Some of you have. Well, our, our, they, They've already sued us because of our name. Our name is Unción. They said, you're too much like that, us. Guess what? They tried to sue us. We won the battle. We won that one right there. Isn't that good? And... And and we want to take them on. We want to take them on, and and you know why? Because these guys are are shaping our future. And not only that station, but stations like Al Jazeera—it's on the air. And you, you know what they want to do? Here's what they don't be confused. They're not in it for the economy. They're not making any money at this. Their plan is to shape. The future of our country. And their plan is for your children to worship their God. That's what their plan is. And you know what? I want in on that fight. I want in on that fight. Now, I know that it is a David uh, versus Goliath fight. It's taken on a big giant. But if you go to First Samuel chapter seventeen, we read that story. Now let me ask you this why does God put the story of David and Goliath in the scriptures? Does he put it there just so we can have a cute little story? Does he put it in there to frustrate it? No. I think he puts it in there because he expects us to take on such battles. And when you get to chapter seventeen, turn there with me. Chapter seventeen in verse twenty six. Here's what it says. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock with the shepherd, loaded up, set out, just as Jesse, who's Jesse? His dad, had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out into its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. Now, David is this young shepherd's boy and his dad sends him with a box lunch to give to his brothers on the field, the battlefield. Now, do you notice that David, got, he said he got up early. Did you notice that? He, le- he, he left his flock with another shepherd, just as his father had directed. He, he, was, he was energetic. He was obedient. He was responsible. I mean, when this kid shows up, something's going to happen. Energetic responsible, obedient, wow, great, great character. And when he arrives, he sees Israel, his tribe, his people, his brothers, marching out to the battle position. Now, here's what they had done. They had drawn a line in the sand. And Israel was on one side of that line and said, here we stand. And if necessary, this is where we die. And they would throw and hurl insults. At the Philistines, your mama's ugly. Your babies are ugly. And literally, that's what they would do. They would they would hurl insults at one another. They would stand the ground. And, and 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 some of you this morning, you you have you have stood your ground. And, and matter of fact, you're here this morning because you said, here, "Here I am. This this is me. This is who we are." And it, we'll live here, and if necessary, we're going to die right here. And I don't know about you, I have made up my mind. When they put me in the ground, or if I go by way of rapture, I'm going out of here as a believer, period. It's done. I've answered that question. This is where I stand, and if necessary, this is where I die. And that big giant over there, nine foot nine, the the head of his spear weighs weighs 15 pounds. He has 40 plus pounds of mail. I mean, this guy is huge. And he has his finger pointing down at them. And he's threatening them. He goes, I'm going to have your kids. I'm going to have your grandkids. And I'm going to have your future. I'm after your joy. I'm after your peace. And Israel had drawn the line. But did you notice in chapter 16, they had been doing this for 40 days. For 40 days they had been coming out drawing that line. And here's, what's, now here's what they're doing. They're living with something that wants to destroy them. That, that sounds a lot like us, too. Yeah, we've thrown a line in the sand. Here I stand. Here I live. If necessary, here I die. But we live with things that want to destroy us. We live with giants that want to kill us. They want to take us out. And we just passively live with such things. And it may be an attitude that wants to rob you of your joy. It might be a relationship that robs you of your testimony. It may be a habit that wants to rob you of your joy. Well, I don't know what it might be. It might be a sin. That wants to rob you of your faith. But we begin to live with things that want to destroy us. And let me last night Connie and I discussed this and I had this one message in mind. But this morning since I needed to speak about this because I'm speaking to someone And I don't think I'm here by accident today. I don't think you're here by accident today. But maybe you're living with something that wants to destroy you. It has its finger in your face. I want your life. I want your joy. I want your future. I want your blessing. And we've become comfortable with living with giants. Are you comfortable with living with things that are out to destroy you? Well, David shows up and he says, hang on. Hang on. I'm not going to live like this. I just got goosebumps. We call it chicken skin in Ecuador. I just got chicken skin all over me. I want to be a David. He said, hang on. Am I gonna live with things that want to destroy us? Am I gonna let certain media influences come in and rob us of our value and our kids and our future and our faith and not stand up at least and say, I'm not gonna live with this? Am I, am I, am I over top for you guys up here this morning? Are we okay? Y'all know, y'all know I'm from the south, right? Well, I'm not dragging a rebel flag behind me. Believe me, I'm not. But there comes a point, you say, I'm not going to live with this. And David says, I, I'm not doing this. And Saul comes along and says, okay, here, take, take my armor. Take my armor. Here, you go on out there and do this. Take my armor. And, and Saul says, uh, David says, that doesn't fit. And then what does Saul say? Saul says, this is big words. He says, you're just a boy. And I'll I tell you what. You want to do anything, you want to take on any challenge, and someone will come along and tell you why you cannot do it. why Why do you think you could do this? We've never done things like that before. Why do you think you could go and do this? No one's ever done that. Your daddy couldn't do it. Why do you think you can do it? You don't have the money to do it. You don't have the education to do it. You don't have the talent to do it. He said, David, you're just a boy. David, you can't do it. And you know what? Saul was right. David, you can't do it. Let me tell you, you got a giant? You got a giant this morning? You can't do it. You can't lick it. Unless God shows up. And, And I think that's just... What God is looking for, God is looking for some men and some women who will take on some battles that they cannot win. I mean, most of the time as a church, we take on battles that we can win. Well, we can get a loan. Well, we can go to Walmart. Well, we can get some medication. Well, we can get somebody with talent. And so, why, why does God, God doesn't need to show up. You're doing a fine job by yourself. But sometimes you have to get out. I tell you what, the reason I, Connie and I have so many miracles because we're desperate. We're desperate. If God doesn't show up, I'm dead. We we had a we had a miniature dachshund. Anybody have dachshunds. These dogs were bred to go after badgers, the the the, the meanest animal, fierce, fierce, most fearful, fiercest. Fierce, uh, uh, Fierce animal, thank you. <laughs> uh, pound per pound. They bred bad uh, dachshunds to go in, at, in these holes after badgers. Well, we, we had a little miniature dachshund. And, and, and her legs were about that, that long. And she's a wiener dog, you know? A wiener dog, yeah. And uh, a little wiener dog. And we go to a park one day, open the door. This is before we had kids. Open the door. This little wiener dog, her name was Mamie. I named her after my mother-in-law, Mamie. This little wiener dog, and that is not a suggestion, uh, she dives out of our little Volkswagen and attacks a chow. Now, you've seen chows. Big, blue tongue. Sorry, chow lovers. Just kind of ugly. Uh, so, here goes our wiener dog across the park, out to attack a chow. That little wiener dog leaps at the chow, and in midair, the chow grabs her by the neck, like that, and begins to whip her like a dish. like Me, being a man of faith and power, I jump on top of the dog. Faith, power, and a little bit of stupidity. I jump on top of the chow. I put a death grip around the chow's neck with my legs and I shake my wiener dog out of the chow's mouth. Saving the wiener dog. Now I've got a chow between my legs. And its mouth pried open. And finally, an owner comes and saves me from the chow. Now do you know why I got into that dog fight? (laughs) Because my wiener dog picked a fight she could not win. I invite you to take take on a fight you can't win. And let God show up. You know, he has his finger finger in your face. And some of you you can smell his breath. I want your marriage. I want your integrity. I want your happiness. I want your ministry. I want your joy. And it's time to be wiener dogs. When Pastor, when Pastor Stan comes back, just tell him this. Pastor Bill said, we're wiener dogs. Just tell him that. That'll encourage him. Yeah. He'll never have me back. <laughs> and take on a battle you cannot win. I had a lady that came to our church in Cuenca on a, on a Thursday night. We had a church, uh, not quite this big when we first started, and it was an adobe building in downtown Quank, a cobblestone roads. And Betty comes into church and sits on the very back row before church starts. And I went to her and uh, asked her name. That's how I knew she was Betty. And uh, I said, I'm glad you're here. She wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't look at me in the face at all. She looked down at the ground, just looked down. Gave me one of those dead fish handshakes. You know what I'm talking about. Only thing worse is when it's wet. You know, the, the, uh, and she gave me one of those handshakes, and and, um, and so uh, we had our service, and I preached that Thursday night, and uh, at the altar call, Betty comes uh, forward, and uh, and she gives her heart to Jesus. And after uh, the, the the meeting, I saw Betty standing to the side, and I went and spoke with Betty. I said, Betty, tell me your story. She said, Pastor, I have no reason to live. I've lost everything. I've lost my marriage, my integrity. I have a, 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 an arrest warrant out for me. My children have left me, and I have decided to die. She said, but someone said, Betty, before you do something so drastic, go give that little church down there a try. Isn't that a word? Isn't that a word? That, see, that's, what, that's the word we need in this community, don't we? Before you do something so drastic, give that little church down at Rockville a try. And, uh, she says, and tonight, I think I found a reason to live. And Betty came back Sunday morning, and she got saved again. She came back Sunday night, got saved again. Thursday night, she came down and got saved again. I had one guy in our church, his name was Lucho. Lucho's about, Lucho's about this tall. Lucho, not that tall, Lord. Lucho's this tall. Lucho, um, he uh, he got saved 30 times plus. I said, Lucho, buddy, I think you got it. He goes, oh, I know I got it, but it feels so good to get it again. You know, sometimes you just need to get it again, don't you? She's down there, she's getting, I mean, every service, you, you could be praying for hangnails and she's down there getting saved, you know. And uh, I, I slip in beside Betty. I want to hear what Betty's talk, praying about. It. She's down at every service. And listen to this. This is a woman who has nothing. Her health has failed her terribly. And I slip in to hear her pray. And she's praying this prayer. A woman who has nothing. She's praying this prayer. Jesus, give me souls. I got chicken skin again. We're the people with everything, folks. I mean, we have it all. And what do we usually pray for? Stuff. More. And here's Betty didn't have nothing. Man, she's praying for souls. It wasn't but a few weeks later she comes and she says, Pastor Bill. They want what they call me. They call me Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill. Say, Pastor Bill. Would you send me to preach the gospel of the Cañades in the next province? there no church, no church there. Uh, The Baptists tried to build a church. The town peoples came out and raised it to the ground. No church. Very tough people. It was the only people that the, the, the Inca could not overthrow in his march north to establish himself in Quito. Tough, tough people. And I said, I she said she wanted to go preach to to the Cagnatis. I said, No. I said, Go to Sunday school. You don't need to be going up there. And uh so she uh she got mad and left the church. No, that's just what happens here in the United States when you don't like what the pastor <laughs> <laughs> See I saw somebody saying, Amen, Amen, bless God, yeah. The pastor's not gonna get with it, let's get a new pastor. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I hope I'm not talking about any issues that are going on here. So anyway, um, <laughs> Pastor Stan did not send me to preach anything special. Uh, no, she, no, she does, She's, she's, she's back at the altar, and man, she's done every service, and she, she, is, she is praying. And I, I slipped Saturday her one evening to pray again. She changed her prayer. Now she's praying this: Jesus, give me canyadi souls. In every service, she's coming to me. And saying, Pastor Bill, will you send me to preach the gospel? I said, no. Go to Sunday school. One day we'll go. You are not ready, Betty. So, man, I, I'm just sort of dodging Betty, you know. You, you, every service, here she comes. Like, no. She go to the altar and pray. And uh, one Sunday night, she uh, I, here she comes. I go, no. She goes, no, 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 no. I have a new question for you. I said, okay, what's your new question, Betty? She said, if you're not going to send me, who are you going to send? Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? I said, girl, you're gone. You are gone. So we got another little gal in the church named, little, uh, literally, her name is Little Cloud, Nubecita, Little Cloud. And uh, we got her, uh, got her some, um, some Bibles, and we got her some bus money and uh, some lunch money. And I put them both on the bus. I was at the bus station the day I sent them out. I said, you go down there. It's about an hour and a half north, two hours north on the Pan American Highway in Ecuador, right in the top of the Andes Mountains. Well, Thursday night, she's back at church, dying to talk to me. I said, well, Betty, how'd it go? What happened? She says, Pastor Bill. She said, I got on that bus. It was packed full. And I was sitting on the back seat of the bus. There was a gentleman sitting next to me. I have my black Bible in my lap, and I'm praying the same prayer that I've been praying for all these months. I just have my hands on the Bible, and I'm saying, Jesus, give me souls today. And uh, she said, halfway to Kanyad, the gentleman next to her stood up, got off the bus. Another man sits down next to her. And she says, I'm just I'm just praying. I knew there was a change. She, she's not a kind of person. She still to this day, she won't look at you. She's very bashful, very shy. And, and she says, I just have my Bible in my, in my lap. And I'm praying, Jesus, give me souls today. And this gentleman, the new guy sitting next to her says, excuse me, ma'am, what is that black book in your lap? She said, a boldness came up over me. We know that's the work of the Holy Spirit. She said, I lifted up my Bible. I looked him right square in the face. I said, sir, this is the Word of God. And it will tell you and show you how to repent of your sins, how to have a relationship with God, and how to live forever. She said the man started crying in the seat next to her. And he, she said, sir, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He goes, no, ma'am, you see, last night I had a dream. And in my dream, a woman came to me with a black book and told me how I could live forever. And you're the woman from my dream. Well, he prays with her, accepts the Lord as a Savior. And about that time after their discussion, they're pulling into the town of Kanyar, the bus station at Kanyar. And he stands up. She says, sir, I'm sorry, do you live here? He goes, oh, yes, ma'am, I'm a Kanyari. She won her first Kanyari before she ever got off the bus. She she got off the bus. She said, it worked so well on the bus, I'll try it in the park. She said, I sat in the park, and I put my Bible on my lap, and I just allow people to come and sit down next to me, and I talk to them about the black book. She said, can I go back next week? <laughs> I said, you better believe it. And she began to go back week after week. And after a few months, she says, Pastor Bill, would you go with me next week to Kanyad? I said, you better believe it. And we, we got in the, what we call Speed the Light. You guys help with that? We got my Speed the Light trooper, and we took off for Kanyad. And I, I kid you not, when we turned the corner on that park, there were over a hundred people in the park waiting for Betty. I kid you not. Betty, pastors, listen to this. This is a woman that you would you line them all up, and she would be the one, she would never, could never be used of God. She didn't have the giftings. Excuse me, she didn't have the look. Timid, shy, lack of education, under order of arrest, divorced. Her church now has 1,500 people in her church. 1,500 people in her church. I'm telling you, she's a wiener dog. And she said, I'm not going to live with this. Would you stand with me this morning? What time do y'all usually walk out of here? Uh, The the pastors don't worry about it, but I know someplace they'll be gone. The pastors said, to go ahead and they'll be gone. Can can we do something? Can we? Would you, would you let me pray for you down here? Would you, would you make your way forward? Just everybody come on down here. Just a minute. I think we've got the room to do it. Now, if you're, not, if you're perfect, don't come down here, please. Do not. Do not come down here if you're perfect. And, and if you don't want to come, well, you don't have to come. Don't, don't, I'm not going to force you into anything. We'll think bad about you, but that's okay. <laughs> My daddy... Um, I did this one time in Louisville. My dad said, my dad, tw- I was a Christian 27 years and he never came to Jesus. And one Saturday, he says, are you talking this weekend in town? I said, I am. He said, can I come here and you talk? He said, you better believe it. So my dad came and and so I said, I'm going to get him to the altar. I don't care what I got to do. I'm gonna get him. So I made everybody come forward. And so at least I got him to the altar, you know. And I... uh and I said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus today, would you just slip up my, your hand? And my dad didn't slip up one hand. He shot both hands straight up in the air. And before he died, he said, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I can't spend more time with you on this earth. But we will spend eternity together. Isn't that something? I, I, want to, I sense that God is doing something very deep in a few people's hearts. And I want to ask you to identify your giant this morning. Maybe maybe it is the lost people of your family. Don't don't quit praying. Don't live with that. Don't live with that. Take on that battle. It it may be a call that somehow has just died. It's under threat. Don't live with that. And this morning, you you may sense the finger of the giant in your face. You sense the presence of this thing that so desires to destroy you. But would you declare what David declared? It's not by might. And it's not by power. But I come against You in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Lord, without You I am dead. But I take on this giant. I take on this giant in the name of Jesus. And I declare, I will not live with this. I will not live with the giant. But Lord, I take on the giant today. In Jesus' name. Now, this this is just a tad dangerous because you're picking a fight. Be careful. Be be real careful. But if you're ready to take take on a fight, would would you just? He he has his finger pointed at you. Would you just stick your finger up at him? Now he's nine foot nine, right? Goliath was nine foot nine. And just say this: I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. It's not by strength. And it's not by power. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. And I declare today, I will not live with you. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe someone here says, Pastor Bill, I'm far from God today, but I want to get it right with Him today. Would you just slip up a hand? I won't embarrass you, but I will pray for you. Is anyone like that at all? Say, I want to... Come to Jesus today. There's a hand raised. Somebody else say, I want to come to Jesus. I just want to come to Jesus today. Let's all pray this prayer. One person raise your hand. Put your right hand over your heart and just pray this. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I place my faith in You and what You have done for me. And I receive from You today the forgiveness of my sins. I receive life. I receive abundant life, and I receive eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Let me finish with this. You know David went down and got five rocks out of the creek. Did you remember that story? I thought, well, maybe he just wasn't a good shot.